The Word of God tells us that God is love. Good morning, everyone. This is Vera, back with you again. This morning, I would like to talk to you a little bit about God's love because I'm learning that God's love, the way He loves, and what He says about love can look so different from the love that we practice in the church, in our homes, and even amongst some of our so-called friends. In my recent study time, God opened up his word to me to reveal that when we love someone, we are really loving the face of God. We are loving him. So the next time we let something come out of our mouths that is not edifying a person, and when we close our mouths to a friend or someone in need when we have the means to help them, or when we revile a person even going back some 30 or 40 years to keep pointing a finger, Whatever we are doing to that person, we are doing unto God. For God says in Matthew 25, 40, Whatever you do to the least of one of my brethren, you did it to me. This makes me think about one of my own personal experiences. Now, I don't know if you've ever had any experience with a reviler, but I have. But before I do that with you, I want to share some scriptures with you. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10, in Paul's letter to the Corinthian church on moral laxity, he says, and I quote, Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Paul had already stated in the fifth chapter of 1 Corinthians, the 11th verse, not to associate with any so-called brother who does these things, not even to eat with such a one. I think we sometimes look at all the other behaviors that are mentioned in this verse of Scripture, with the exception of reviling as being bad, which they are, but have you ever stopped to think about what a reviler is? Have you ever stopped to consider what a reviler, that a reviler is listed along with homosexuality, thieves, drunkards, and those other behaviors. My study revealed that a reviler is someone who slanders, has angry outbursts, and uses foul language, which some of us may have already known about, but a reviler is also someone who uses words to damage, control, or insult someone's character or reputation. A reviler is a verbal abuser. It seems so easy for a person to point a finger at someone else, even someone they say they love, and even while three fingers are pointed back at them. I don't believe that a person practicing reviling someone sees this. Even the person who may have been studying the Bible for years and possess much Bible knowledge and may have been leading others in the Word of God, this person may not see this because God's love is heart knowledge. It's not head knowledge. I know all of us make mistakes, but when we continually practice something over and over, it's not a mistake. It's a condition of the heart. A couple of years ago, I had a situation happen with someone I looked up to so much, someone I loved dearly, but I never saw in him that reviling spirit. God opened my eyes to see that this behavior had been occurring in my life for over 40 years 
But I never saw it because you don't look for wrong in the person that you love, that you are close to in relationship. You simply keep forgiving and going on loving them in spite of their injurious, judgmental words. But even God has a time when enough is enough. So when he opened my eyes, I had to tell myself the truth. By God's standard, there was no agape love in that person's heart for me, no matter how smooth they spoke to me or how much knowledge they possess or what I was sometimes benefited with. For the word of God also says in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It becomes hard for people to hear what we say when our behavior is in the way. Although in love there is forgiveness, but even with God, enough can be enough. If we practice the same insults, and in my case it occurred every eight or so years over a span of 40 years, this is not God's love. When you don't see this, it is because you don't look for for wrong in the person you love. You keep on celebrating the good you see and you blot out all the other. But in time, God will expose the truth in a relationship. I had not looked at this person's private sins that he had shared with me, never held him guilty for his transgressions in my life, even committed in my youth, never judged him for dishonoring his marriage vows, but he always judged me in the same area for something that God had revealed to me was done right in his eyes. Betty never thought about God doing to him what he, what he had been doing to me over all those years. Am I ever so thankful for God revealing to me that the same patience I had shown towards this loved one is the same patience the Lord shows to us every day? Now concerning God's love, His love seeks the well-being and benevolence of others. His love shows compassion and mercy. God's love edifies, for love is from God. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend loves at all times. And it also adds that a brother is born for adversity. My Bible footnotes explains this latter part to mean that when you are in trouble, you see who your friends are and how helpful a brother can be. As I recently read, and I quote it, we are to test all conduct by whether or not it manifests the character of God. What comes out of the mouth exposes whether the heart is righteous or whether the heart is corrupt. And how we love others is loving the face of God. So how are we doing with this today? Something else that Paul said I want to leave with you is this. Paul said, but the one who examines me is the Lord. And the late Dr. Miles Monroe also stated in one of his sermons, you don't need anyone to judge you when you get close to God. God does that himself. Going back to Bible knowledge, um, from a recent email sent to me, it states, It is very easy to grow in Bible knowledge and yet never manifest the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. It is easier to preach about humility than to practice it or to study the Greek words for love than to love one another. In summation, as the Liberty Commentary on the New Testament points out, quote, 
The true knowledge of God does not come through the acquisition of cognitive data concerning him. It comes through loving him. May God bless our understanding and the doing of his word. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.